Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. Let us pray. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Make these words more than words and give us all the spirit of Jesus. Amen. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. My name is Trip Hudgens. I live in Richmond, Virginia with my wife and son and two cats and two hermit crabs. Thanks to Sam and all the goats for this invitation to preach. I appreciate it. I'm an American Baptist pastor um, who's also trying to finish up a dissertation in liturgy and ethnomusicology. This morning, we will not be talking about those things. Uh, This morning, we'll be talking about politics. So let's get to it. In the U.S., Christian communities often get mired down in the language of politics. We try not to get mired down in the politics themselves, but it can be difficult. Americans are a tenaciously political people. That's what life in a representative democracy breeds. Everyone is a politician, even Christians maybe especially Christians. Political prognosticators can tell you how you will vote by where you attend church. We Christians are that divided politically, and we're that predictable. But can you blame us? Politics is how we affect change here in the U.S. Politics are our habit, our shared addiction. Politics are unavoidable. Politics also rarely works for us. We Christians are more famously taken advantage of than considered effective change agents. So that begs a question for me. Should the church, you and I, stop participating in politics? Should we simply stop voting, stop lobbying, and stop donating money to political candidates? What are the politics of the church supposed to look like if they're not supposed to look like the politics of the nation state? What makes for Christian politics, or is Christian politics an oxymoron of some kind? The separation of church and state in our country encourages such questions. The separation forces us as Christians to take our civic responsibilities seriously, while at the same time encouraging us to explore the ramifications of our faith claims. How those claims and living them out have an impact on our neighbors whether they be Christian or not. Maybe maybe we're supposed to be in the thick of politics after all. I don't know. But that's the question for me this morning, because Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah from our reading, is in the thick of politics. The shepherds here he's talking about in our passage are not religious leaders. They're not priests and pastors or rabbis. They are political leaders. It's the political leadership that's failing so fantastically that God promises to replace them all. God is not afraid of the political. 
Jeremiah reminds us of that. Prophets were, are, notoriously political. We only need to look at the religious leadership of the mid-20th century to see this play out. Leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. or the Berrigan brothers come to mind. It's in this light that we begin to see something different in our gospel passage. Jesus had compassion on the crowds because they were like sheep without a shepherd. What are the chances that we as readers, as hearers of this gospel passage, are being encouraged to imagine not just an agrarian practice, but political leadership? God in Christ Jesus has compassion upon those whose political leaders have failed them, abandoned them. So God in Christ takes upon God's self the mantle of political leadership. Here, God is in the thick of politics. Jesus does not shy away from politics. At no point does he shy from the political ramifications of his ministry. He does not eschew leadership, but he does lead differently. His politics are prophetic. They're truthy, if you will. Remember, biblical prophecy is about telling the truth, not predicting the future. And Jesus' ministry was one about telling the truth. And it's that truth that heals, redeems, that restores relationship, that challenges the status quo. This is the truth told in love. What can we learn from this way of being political, this politics of prophecy? And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. We can begin to answer these questions by looking at the results of Christ's ministry, the results of that ministry. Healing. Wherever he went, no matter the demographic, people were in need of healing. People brought their loved ones to the marketplaces so that, now get this, so they might touch the hem of his cloak, that fringe. That's all they needed to experience healing and transformation, just a touch. The truth is that powerful. The truth of God's love is that potent. This is the heart of Jesus' ministry. Prophetic truth told in love. So what if that's what we're supposed to proclaim as church? The truth told in love, the politics of prophecy. I hear it again and again in the news that we are a divided country, that we haven't been this divided in a very long time. Some are pointing to the Civil War or the years leading, leading up to the Civil War. That's some scary rhetoric. And we in the church are sort of on the front lines of all that, on both sides, all sides. There aren't just two sides to any of these things. And I don't think it's wrong that we're there. 
but I think we need to be there for the healing of the people more than anything else. We need to be there embodying the politics of prophecy. As long as there are poor, there will be a need for the politics of prophecy. As long as there are the hungry, there will be a need for the politics of prophecy. As long as there are the lonely, there will be a need for the politics of prophecy. As long as there are the oppressed, the disadvantaged, the immigrant, the refugee, there will be a need for the politics of prophecy. We will know that we are on the right political footing when we are telling the truth in love and people respond to us the way that they responded to Jesus. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it 